Most High, I come to you giving you thanks and praise for keeping me in sound body and mind. I ask you to forgive me for all my indiscretions, all that I have done and all that I will do. I ask you to open me up, use me as your vessel, let my voice be yours. Speak your mission through me, loud listeners, to open up and receive it the way you intended. No holds barred. Use me. I look at the news. And I Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Um, <laughs> we're back with another episode of Abuja Radio, and I have a an old. Oh, that's a bad word. It's okay. Right? Bad word. I am. I'm an old someone, friend. Someone I've met. Someone I've met a long time ago. We're actually talking about of all things basketball. I remember her as a terrible basketball player. She yeah. said I beat her really badly. And that shows that your memory is bad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to somebody who was a bad basketball player. I would have mercy on people if if you were a bad athlete and I'm in a situation where I have to so-called play quote-unquote against you, I wouldn't do that to you, but you said I beat you badly. Is that right? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. See, even you can't remember. I remember like, you in the short the shorts in Carmichael Gym. In the living like room. In the 1970s, <laughs> shiny. And you know the ones, the, they don't come across yeah. straight across. The, the curvy ones. Right. <laughs> kind of the kind of with the long socks up to your knees with the headband. So I can't you remember. remember a glow track. Like a, a, like a Harlem glow I don't remember track. you being that good, though. No, you just remember a lanky girl. I don't like, remember you being that good, Long though. tube socks. Maybe yeah, a Washington sure, General. Sure. Were there any women on the Washington Generals, the team that the Gold Trotters beat all the time? Huh? That would be you. Yeah. That would be you. Maybe. Um, except for... <laughs> Except for well, by way of um, by way of making fun of her athletic ability, it's just your basketball skills. Cause I, I don't know if you're <laughs> or not. This is uh, Den Den. Hello. Den, Hi. Den Den. And um, when did I met you in when? When did I meet you? Nineteen. Um, it was late. It was late nineties. That's that's old. That's was old. it late nineties? I I could swear. Ninety nine two thousand. already. 99-2000 because that summer was actually... Was school? Maybe you were thinking about going back that yeah, summer. Yeah, 2000 sounds right. Because that summer I left and I had to go play in soccer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would, it would have been the summer of... Two, the spring of 2000. Okay. All right. The summer of 2000. That makes more sense. The summer... No, no, the summer... Yeah, the summer of 2000. The summer of 2000. It would have been the summer around... Oh, then I was already in school. But, yeah. Yeah, same Somewhere around there. And again, I, I met her and... Oh yeah, you met me on campus, so I was definitely going to school. I met you in Carmichael Gymnasium. I was doing a summer camp, and again, I saw this person just taking bad foul shots, and I said, I can help. That's There's hilarious. not a whole lot I can do, but I... With the, because you, know you said that with the short shorts, the, foul the line, line that goes from the hip down to the, on the line, and <laughs> it doesn't come straight across. Because, you know, I like, it's weird. I, um, I can play basketball, I can like shoot, I'm around. doing air quotes for the radio audience. Yeah, I, I know, but I can shoot like around, you know, the like the three-point line, right, like two that. steps in. But that. you know where I do suck? The free throw line. Like I don't know why. Like that That's free why throw I line. That. I really like. I don't know where my like my radar goes, but yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing you at the free throw line. I remember this. Yeah, free throw is not that great for me. I don't know what's going on. I have the kids in Carmichael Gymnasium as part of a summer camp. They mm-hmm. do academics in the morning and I teach them stuff in the afternoon athletic-wise. And maybe I was 
the kids were transitioning to another thing, and then you were there, just standing there shooting free throws like you were Shaq. I mean, bricks. You could build it. <laughs> you just bricks. And I said, I can have, I'm sorry I couldn't No, help but you, you did play. You. you played me. You came around. You just that doesn't sound right. Please explain that I played you. That doesn't sound, that doesn't, yeah. for a dude, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound. Yeah, cool. yeah son, you played me, son. Yeah, 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 see? Yeah, speaking of where she, what <laughs> and then you left. Like, what? Really? Did you seem like? I'm just well, saying. I, you know, I, 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 I sound like a Jerry Springer character. Play, play. I sound like a Jerry Springer character. I came, I played you, and I no, I and didn't. Then you go. So we're gonna go into that. We're gonna go not so much that. We're gonna go into the last, you know, 15 years or so of your life. Because again, the Vuce Ray is about people and people that I know, people okay. that I know but I don't know. You know what I mean? Okay. People I know, but once you start having conversations, then you figure out these details and these layers of reality and just life that people live that you just go man i didn't know okay so okay what do you know about me you know i'm eritrean you know i'm from east africa i know you're eritrean i know you're a bad uh, basketball player okay. <laughs> i also know you have a big family you had you had younger brothers and sisters when 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 i knew you yeah uh, i still have back. younger brothers and sisters they're just um, older now and you know what's funny is actually at that time I didn't have as big a family here present in America, but they continued to trickle in. So, so who was here? Um, at that time, um, it was my mom and her husband. Me, my mom, and dad came mm-hmm. when we were young. Um, and you guys got here what year? About we got here in um eighty one. You were how old? I was one. One year, okay. So what was the reason for the, for, well, I mean, there are many reasons people move. I mean, my family came to the Caribbean for economic opportunity, but there was a war. Yeah, there was a very large, long civil war with Ethiopia. Prior to the mid-70s, Eritrea was part of Ethiopia. Um, By name it existed, or? By name it did exist. Like, in Ethiopia, they said, that's Eritrea. Like Like, a state, so, so to speak? Yeah, it was like a portion. But before the 50s, there was an Eritrea. It was colonized by Italy, and it was not Federated to Ethiopia. Give us a uh, a quick one minute version of okay. You get here in 1981 and get us to 2000. What? One minute. Come on. You have to go through everything from 1981. one years old to 2000. to 2000, and then we're gonna move on. To 2000. We, we, there's gotta be some. Wait, so I'm a writer. To when we met. Yeah. From one year oh, old to when we met. Okay. One minute. So, go. Um, we landed in New York. Um, landed in Connecticut for real. Um, the hoods of Connecticut. Please. Yes. What hoods are in Connecticut? Homie. There's yes. no. There's no. There's no. 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 We'll go so far over a minute if I do this with no. you, so I'm not. Um, so I'm from New Britain, Connecticut. Um, You're from Eritrea. Yes, but I'm from all these other places too. Um, I went through grade school, told you grandma, all that other stuff. Moved to North Carolina. My family got here, um, familial problems, I had to leave, I left, went to Texas, 
How old was um, all this? Give us some uh, ages. About 13 or 14, maybe 15. So you left your family, yeah. moved 13, to another family? 13, I got Texas? here. I got here in North Carolina, 13. About 14, 15, I moved out of my parents' home, lived on my own. That didn't really work out. The, the living was fine. It's just being this close to my parents, wasn't. So I moved to Texas, um, didn't like it, came back, and then moved to Georgia. Graduated high school in Georgia. Um, well, got kicked out of high school, fought to go back to high school, got adopted uh, by this you see, woman. This is the reason named... why I knew bits and pieces, but this is this is gonna be this is probably gonna be a three part. And this is if I'm trying to keep these segments to thirty minutes, because she just mentioned a couple things there. I'm not even gonna let her finish for a minute, because she just mentioned a couple things there that I didn't really know about, or I might have forgotten that. Again, part of Ubuntu is telling stories in the hopes that somebody somewhere is going to be affected by what they hear. Now, you talk about issues. Yes. Issues that arose around age 13, 14 with your parents, and I think that is not uncommon. No. But that is, that, no, no, but I'm saying, not that, you know, your thing would just happen. No, but, it's not uncommon. It's, Mine but is I think you should the, go into um, it. cultural um, differences. So, I, I'm not from America. I'm from Eritrea. My parents are also from Eritrea, but we're two different kinds of from Eritrea. I came as a one-year-old, they came as a 20-year-old. Like, you know, it's different. They have been raised in Eritrea. I was being raised in America. And you know, there's a portion of being brought up in America, you know, especially as a latchkey kid. I was one of those. My parents were at work. Mm. I would come in on my own. Like, I was raised by the streets. Um, I'm New Britain. <laughs> oh, please. 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 But regardless, there's a difference in cultural markers. So what you would see as tomboyisms, my dad sees as whorish ways. So that causes so, okay. friction. Next, you gotta go into that a little bit. So the fact that you had a lot of male friends. Well, playing sports, period. I was this So not was just male friends, just, just, just the desire to play sports. Yeah, because it's uh, boyish. And they say, oh, if you're playing games with boys, then you are you know, you're, you're doing the wrong thing, right? And this is 13, 14. This is, yeah. 13, 14 is what, middle school, late middle school? Yeah, early it was school? actually earlier than that. Say so these issues started much younger than that, like 9, so 10, 10, 11. Elementary school, don't get to middle yeah, school. Yeah, so 11 years old, I'm getting my dad saying horrific things to me. He's saying disgusting Simply things. because, not that they found you doing anything. No, nobody found He's hinting at sexual. Yes. Right? But not that he found any evidence of that, but the simple fact that you were hanging around that's my guess. Male friends. My guess is that it's okay. because I was because I was a tomboy, and it's interesting because I just see that it's just being read wrong. You know, if you're reading something wrong, then you can take the wrong. Did idea. you? Okay. Did you start physically developing at a young age? No. So your father feared. No. What I was, man of boys would see? I was 92 pounds as a junior in high school, okay. so I did not develop early. I was skinny bones. They called me a toothpick. They used to make comedy about how skinny I was. So no, I didn't develop early. It's literally his own fear. So maybe, maybe he was a disgusting boy growing up. I don't know. But it was literally his own image being put on me. And I was his oldest. And maybe culturally, this is what they do. They, they they yell at their kids to not do things so that they won't do them. They they blame them for, you know, like this mm. is cultural. And I don't know, I just really feel really blessed that I never had the issue with thinking that it was my fault. 
I'm just so grateful that I didn't like walk around going, you know, it's the way I did my peanut butter. The reason that he beat me up, you know, like it wasn't that. So it was physical. Yeah, all my dad was abusive when I was young, but. Have you guys made some sort of peace at this point? Or this well, still? he's apologized and that was awesome. That was me. How recent was that? That was, I don't know, like 10 years ago. Um, it's not. What did he say at that point was his, Rational? Did he give a rational? There's no rational no, reason for him no. beating kids, but no. What did he say? What was his sort of come to Jesus moment when he no, thought, he you know didn't. what, I was wrong? No. No. Or do you think he was just saying it just to say it? Yeah, he just said I'm sorry. I don't Without know. any rational reason, this is this is. No. Okay. But I didn't need it. It's fine. You know, just the apology was nice. My mother, she acts like it never happened. <laughs> My mother plays that card well. Like, she makes me feel crazy. Like, I feel like, did it not happen? Like, I like have to go look for clues that it did happen. <laughs> like, I feel like, no, I broke this window. And I was like, yes, this is a new window. Yes, it did happen. <laughs> but my father, he was like, I'm sorry. So the friction got to the point where at age 13, 14... Yeah, that I said, I can't live here. Like, if I continue to live here, I will not make it to see graduation. I will die. Like, I will kill so myself. So the decision wasn't kill. the parents to say, look, you're just too bad. You need to get the hell out of here. It no. was your decision. Yeah. And where did you find the strength to do that? Had you, were you confiding in friends, relatives about, look, this is what I'm feeling. I'm thinking about you doing this. You keep playing games, but I'm from the hood. Um, <laughs> and so I've been running away since I was 11. I've been running away. I in in so elementary happens. school, middle school, like I would if there was a five day weekend, I'd be gone five days. To where? Then I would go to a friend's house. I'd go to my grandma's house. I'd go somewhere. I I, I went I once was at there was this one white lady. I, like I told you, like everybody else was Hispanic. Either they were Boricua or they were black. Like that was it. There was like every once in a while there might be an Indian. Of New Britain, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, they were all Spanish. The Spanish. slums of New Britain, Connecticut. Okay. There was a lot of um, gangs, a lot of like a lot of that. The gangs of New Britain, Connecticut. Serious, yes. serious. We had salads, deuce, um, Latin. Did you say salads? Salads. Did you say salads? There were salad gangs. Salads. Salad <laughs> gangs. Were they at the ground round? They called them los salidos. The salad gangs. Those guys. <laughs> so, so did they just did they throw like thongs? I mean tongs or what? What, they, what is a salad gang? I feel like we might be getting in trouble on this conversation. A salad, <laughs> a salad gang member's gonna come after me. I gotta get some dressing and I make it all taste good. Okay. So, so I, I one time I went to like this. There was only one white lady on the block. She was like old grandmother like lady. By, lived by herself or she had a family? I don't know. I can't remember. But I went to her house and I was there and I remember they had like they had they, like people were looking for me. And I was like looking out the window and I had called my grandmother. So she drove up, I told her where I was, and I just whoop, got in her car, it was gone. We spy and told one one. Uh oh. But it's too late. It's too late. You sweater, and I ain't talking about a cool J. You a big L, and I ain't talking about cool J. See me at the airport, at least 20 Louis. Treat me like the prince, and it's my sweet brother, Noomsay. Groupies say I'm too choosy. Take him to the show and talk all through the movies. Said she want diamonds, I took her to Ruby Tuesdays. If we up at Fridays, I still have it my way. Gone. We strive at home. Gone. I ride on chrome. Y'all want no pride from 
me. What you rappers could get is a job for me. Maybe you could be my intern. An intern if I'm a father, yeah. and my daughter at 13, 14, sneaking back into the house, and at some point I know this because Saturday you weren't there, Sunday morning you're there. No, they didn't see me. They don't see me. I would come, take my things, and go. Nobody would see me. And you're still going to school and all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's where they would get me. I never stopped going to school. They would come to the school and take me. What could have been, I mean, so you said there was physical abuse, yeah, and verbal abuse, abuse. Um, and it was just, you said either you're the first born, you're the only, you're the only child at that point, or are there other siblings? There were other children, they were child, they were, like, they were. They were the age you were when you first came. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was 11, my sister was three, my brother was one. You know, when I was 13, there was another one, so. You know, they were very young. And then they actually amplified the things that I would get in trouble for. So they would do things and I would get in trouble for what they did. Um, and they, they, my parents, like, and this might be funny. I was at fault, even if I wasn't there. Like I remember I was even in college and my sisters and brothers did something and I was at fault. Like they called me up and they like yelled at me. And I was like, I don't live there. I'm not even there. And they were like, you taught them how to do this. <laughs> so is is because I saw the same sort of dynamic. Well, not the abuse and all that stuff, but the same sort of dynamic in terms of the expectations of an immigrant child, especially an immigrant daughter. Yeah. That first comes to this country, and then I think I mentioned that I, I talk about the fact that in middle school, you know, when people start to go through this this physical change and, and, and the physical change begins the psychological change where you, you're asserting your independence. This is me, I am separate from my parents. And you start going down that road. But what I started seeing was that the recognition that my sister was a year younger than me grew up in an environment and in an America that called for independent thinking people. It didn't matter what sex you were. Like I think in certain parts of the world, independence is is it's not a, a gift, but correct. It's a masculine thing. Somebody was talking about why do women's teams, American women's teams, dominate like Olympic sports, team sports, women's basketball, women's soccer, women's gymnastics? Oh, because in the of in the, in the United States, because the we empower our women to 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 extend themselves to, to their potential to, to and to go out and, 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 and it's not, not, not ladylike Kirk. to fight to the ball you know go for it but that still doesn't explain how your ladylike jump shots never went in that still doesn't explain but that's not the point that's not the point but but so 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 you have this conflict where you have a generation in the house who's in a position of authority mm -hmm. is expecting a certain subservience, a certain, and again, it's compounded by the fact that, and again, I'm guessing, and you correct me if I'm Maybe. wrong, that they're here, so they're out working. They're latchkey because the parents are out working. Yes. They're out working, so yes. your responsibility was to be the parent in the house. Yes. And so you have a this lot. schism where, all right, well, I'm not really happy with you people. You're not really fulfilling my needs as a human being right now. So why am I going to play this role that one, you're not doing, so you've never taught me how to do it. Do it the right way. I'm not going to do that. Shh, he is Well, it. actually, I don't know. I was aware of I I took my sisters and brothers to the pool. I took my sisters and brothers with me. There were times I left and I took my sisters and brothers with me. Um, I was, yeah, I was really into my sisters and brothers. I've always liked church. 
depend it didn't matter what church it was. So I used to go to an Orthodox church. I used to take all my sisters and brothers with me. Um, you know, I would go to the Catholic church with my grandmother without anybody else, it would just be me. So like, I don't know where my dad or my mom came up with these ideas that I was like this horrendous person, but they did. They, they came up with this, this image of me and they held on to it. Um, there was a time my mom asked me if I was doing drugs, which I wasn't. Um, my dad once went up to a janitor. There was a janitor who had given me a ride home in high school, like when I was about 14 or 15. I was late because gospel choir ran late in high school. And I had to get to work because I had just started a job at Golden Corral. And um, I had forgotten my apron at home or my name tag, something, something small. Like, yeah, my name tag. And so I had asked this um, janitor to drive me home because if I took the bus, I could, I could only do one. Mm -hmm. it w I wouldn't get there on time. So he drove me home and he was waiting and I ran through the back to get my name tag and to come back out. And my dad came out to the car and, they, and he asked the guy how much he was paying for me. He asked this grown old as if you were a man as if I was a prostitute. And the guy was like, no, I'm just taking her to, 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 to work. And he, like, he was like, she doesn't have a job. <laughs> Did he not know that you had a job? No, I, he knew. He just, I don't know. Like, everything filled their idea that I was this person. Like, the, 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 this is, like, horrible. My dad used to say crazy things to me. He used to say, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing with those boys. You know, once you start, you can't stop. He would just say these like fragments. Like he would say this or that or this. And this is like when I was like 13 or 14. When I was 11, it was just like you know, no, you you know, you can't have your church money because you're you're going to spend it. You're not gonna do right with it. You're not gonna, you know. And I'd go crying, and then he'd go come beat me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no. That was a problem. I couldn't live with it. I left. And eventually I left the state. So, okay, so that was all happening in Connecticut. North Carolina. North Carolina. Both. Connecticut and North Carolina. Okay. So again, 13, 14 years old, everybody has, when they're younger, I mean, I had a fantasy yeah. about running away from my life. But you did it. You would figure there's somebody in your life because you still went to school. You still... Yeah had enough structure in your day to go about doing the right thing the right way. So was there nobody who, who when the pressure started building and the, you know, the steam started getting up to the point where you said, no, I want to run away. Somebody said, look, just, just hang in there. It's going to get better. No. There was nobody at all? No, no. Well, one, I didn't like go around telling people that my parents were abusing me. Like I like, like I really did the like leave it inside. Um, sometimes I get upset with people when like somebody commits suicide and like everybody else says, oh my God, I knew that person. They had no reason to kill themselves. And I'm like, you don't know that person. You don't know that person. Like I used to go to school and I'd like had this like super duper like hyper happy persona. Nobody knew, you know, like there was one time there was a cheerleading coach that I couldn't stand. And she says, I know what's going on with you. And I was like, I hated her. I was like so mad. She's the one? She's the one who's gonna come out her, her skin and know what's happening with me? I was so mad. Cause I wanted people to know. I wanted people to know. I wanted people to stand up and be like, no, you can't go home. I know what's happening with you. 
and it was this one crazy like fat cheerleading coach. It was like, it was like I'm picturing, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing the lady from Glee. Okay, I'm sure. I'm picturing the, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, what's her name? The, uh, we don't coach. Talk about. Sue, whatever. Sue Sylvester. It's a hard nosed, yeah, awful, per- it was awful like cheerleading her. coach. But like fat and shorter, um, <laughs> and she was like, she was like, you can't, you can't play games, you can't lie to me. I know what's going on, and I didn't want her to be right. What did so she know? She I, knew it. I believe she knew it. Did she have talked to her? Like, no, because she didn't have that relationship with me. So my response to her is, like, you don't know nothing. You know, like I walked up. But it's like somebody else, like. She tried it once or twice, so she gets something back. Just once. She didn't really care for me. Like it was just, just an adult who could see. But she was just the nastiest adult. <laughs> and all like the loving adults, they were like, they just didn't see it. <laughs> Or maybe when people did start seeing it, my parents moved. We moved from Connecticut to North Carolina. So this, this, this like, cheerleader teacher was here, or were they in Connecticut? She was in Connecticut. She's not this in was before Carolina. I moved. And then like, like by that point, like it would, it would, my parents, we did a cycle. So my parents would do something atrocious to me. And then they'd be really nice for like three months. <laughs> so it'd be like one horrible thing. And then gifts. For three months, you know? And so a lot of people would look at my family and say, your parents are so great, your mom is so nice. God, your dad is so cool. And I'm like, and like at the time, I was like, my mom's a bitch. They're like, don't say that about your mother. And like this whole thing. Um, so I, needless to say, I had a problem with the Bible. Like I, I didn't mind church, I didn't mind religion, I didn't like, mind God, but I really had a hard time with the Bible because it said honor that mother and father, and I didn't feel like it said anywhere that like they got honor their kids, and I was mad. Oh my, like, this book, it was made by a bunch of white men, old white men. I was like, I ain't old, I'm not white, and I'm not a man. This ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, clearly, I have a different opinion now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the other thing, and again, we're talking with um, a friend of mine, Den Den, who. Uh, just as a matter of recap, was born in Eritrea, came to this country when she was a year old, lived in the slums of Connecticut with the salad gang, and then uh, moved to North Carolina. And she's talking about, you know, something a lot of young women experience in the early teenage years is just um, misperceptions, abuse, and the desire to to flee, to leave. And I think. It's not just a physical flight. I think folks who cannot handle situations like that, like that find themselves fleeing either into chemical abuse, into early pregnancy, into all those things. So yeah. your your way of coping was just to say, I'm getting the F out of here. Yeah. This is just not enough. 
I'm this quite blessed. Us. I really, really. So again, and there's nobody who's saying maybe you shouldn't just leave. And so, uh, no. And if there wasn't, so how was this? How long was the planning? Because again, everybody no wants to run it around was, there. There's no planning. It wasn't like. It was one day you woke up and said, "I'm getting out of here." It wasn't one thing. Like mm -hmm. you know, like this whole like you know, I'm craving for freedom. It wasn't that. Mm -hmm. um, I am literally living and doing everything I can to live. Um, like I. I I went to work one day. My boss, um, it, it was really bad. This bad thing happened at home. My dad had some, it was really bad. Like, it was really creepy. If I told you all about it, it no worries, don't go um, And I, like, I was like, like, I ended up having to, like, walk to work. I was crying and ripping my hair out, doing all kinds of things. And um, somebody saw me from the neighborhood and pulled over and gave me a ride to work. And I got to work and my boss took me into the freezer, like immediately. And he was like, what's going on? Tell me. And I told him, he was like, oh my God, I'd be on drugs. <laughs> like this is all response was like, if I were you, I'd be doing cocaine. Like, like his response. This is how old again? Um, I was like 15, let's say I was 15. This is like my first real job. And um, I was good at it. Um, because I'm obsessive. <laughs> and um, this manager was like, I don't know how you do it. So nobody was like, no, don't go, or no, stay. Everybody, anybody who knew was like, leave. Um, and I was like, no, my sisters and brothers are there. You know, like, I have to protect them. And by this time, they would be, they would have been like I 11, 15, 12. So my sister was six or seven, six, six years old. And my brother was uh, four or five, and then my other brother was three. So they're really young. And so in my head, I was I was the one who had to protect them. So I had to stay around so I could protect Thank them. Thank you, That's one of the reasons I think we connected with the fact that the one no, little kids. Yeah, <laughs> I think because I'm, I'm the eldest of five, and I think when we hung out. I think we actually hung out with your brothers and sisters at my apartment. That happened. I what? think we did just sat down, watch movies, popcorn. That is quite normal like for that. me. I would take them to the movie theater. We had this way of choosing movies. It was a lot of fun. No, but I think the, <laughs> the, the, the love and sense of protection that you had for the younger siblings, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, being the eldest. So, um, so, now the day I left. Started off like any other day. It was really early in the morning. I woke up and I went upstairs to get a drink of water from the sink. So I was walking across the living room to grab a cup of water and I didn't notice that my dad was in the corner on a computer and he said something. He said, um, oh, he didn't say anything. He just, huh. Like he kind of did like one of those sounds, like, huh. Mm -hmm. You know, and I looked over and I saw him and I was just like, it was just kind of creepy. But I didn't say anything, and I took the glass to the fridge door, got my water, started drinking it, and he was staring at me. And I looked at him and I said, what? And he like ran over, grabbed me, and threw me on the, on the table. And the table was one of those circular tables, mm -hmm. and so it flipped. So like he literally capsized the table with me. And I was like skinny, like I was little. And I just remember like, I just remember being kind of like, is that all? Like, you know, like, that's like that's where my mentality was. Um, and like, I <laughs> just like, like, I'm on the ground, like, and 
like it was just so much and like he grabbed a chair and I, I like it was like a real bold moment it was like that time and I was just like do it like you know like he like paused and I was like do it just do it go ahead like it was like this this thing mm -hmm. it was really weird so like I'm this kid like this 14 15 year old and so like I hop up he puts the chair down and I'm like why didn't you do it? I mean, why didn't you hit me with the like, chair? Like, yeah, I was like, why did you do it? I was like, why didn't you? I was like, you're such a big man. Like, I like, like really went, like, I went there. It's like, so big. I was like, you can beat up your skinny little daughter. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I really went there. And, like, it was just like, he was like, I want you out of my house. And I turned around and started walking towards my, my area of the house. And um, he was like, I want you to leave. I want you to leave. And I was like, okay. Was it. Like, it was like no longer like, like <laughs> there was no conversation. And he was like, I want you to go. And I was just like, watch what you wish for. And I went downstairs and I took my books out of my book bag. I put some clothes in my book bag. I zipped it up. I put my books in my hand. I called my girlfriend. I said, when you pick me up, pick me up from the neighbor's house, like, uh, like neighbor's driveway. And I went out, I was like, and I want you to come now. And I went out to the gravel driveway of my neighbor's house. And I sat there, she came, I said, I'm never going back to that house. And she was like, okay. Better find a plan B. And I left. But she knew, she knew, that she knew the things that were going on? I'm or just, sure, I'm okay. sure she did. She was like my closest friend. Um, yeah, she picked me up in a car we called Doodoo Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Side note. So <laughs> um, yeah, like, period. I, I left and I found some girl who was going to college. She had some connection to me, like, and I lived with her. her still going to high school, Mary. still? I was still going to high school. She was in college. I helped her with some of her bills. And I lived on my own. I moved out. Like, so all the times before was running away. Mm -hmm. This was a move. How long did that last a little bit? I moved out. I was living on my own for like about three months. My mom started harassing the principal. The principal got annoyed. She called me in. It's like, Dada, your mom keeps calling me. But it wasn't like she keeps calling me, go home. Like, it was like she keeps calling me. I'm like, she's like, what do you want me to do? But I was like, ignore her. <laughs> At any point, did the principal say, what's going on? You can fight in the principal and something? Oh, the, the, the principal knew. Because I went to the principal when I moved out. And I said, what do I have to do? Like, like if I'm late, what do I have to do? Like, what are the rules? Mm -hmm. And the rules were that if I was gonna, you know, be late or if I needed my preferred card signed, I needed to go to the principal to have it signed. Like, I had to go to the principal. So I was living like this for a little bit. And then my favorite uncle from Texas came and he found I was not living where I was living and he asked them where I might be found. They told them that I had, a, I had some random job in the mall. He went to Crabtree Valley Mall, he found me, he said, would you like to come to Texas? And he was my favorite uncle. So I was like, yeah. And I went to Texas and I stayed for like maybe three weeks. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. I just didn't want to. I was afraid that my uncle would be like my dad. And he didn't do anything. Like maybe he rose his voice one time or something. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I didn't feel like my dad was a bad person. I felt like my dad was like a product of like happenstance and like I didn't I, I just 
I didn't want my uncle to become the same product. Like I didn't want my uncle to do what my dad did and then me hate my uncle. So I was like, I don't wanna live here. I, and I didn't tell him. I just cashed one of my cashier's checks and got on a train and went back to North Carolina. I didn't tell him nothing, I just left. Uh, which is kind of not, not right at all. Once <laughs> right. he found out you left, what, I mean, what, was, the what was his response? Well, was it like, like oh. I understand, or that's just wrong, that's just wrong? No, I mean, he doesn't hate it. Like, there's no bad blood at all. Like, Not I now, at the think, time, at the time. I don't know. I don't know. I was going through my own thing. I got back to North Carolina, and there was some girl crying about something, and I, I took her to Georgia, and we went to Georgia. So, okay, okay, that's just, okay, that's a lot there. You get back, <laughs> move get, move out of North Carolina, yes. you're going to Texas, that's three weeks. Yes. And this is what part, and again, I'm always... It's like Christmas. Right? So Christmas, so early school year. Christmas, and then I... I left her in So Christmas now we're break. at March. So we have March no. or so, February, March, after the... Three weeks. Oh, just three weeks, not three months. Yeah. So we're at the beginning of the new year. January. So still have about a year of school left. This is what, ninth Half grade, tenth grade? This is, I was losing, I should have been a senior, like at the time, or eleventh grade. I was, I was at, at that point I was 16, 17. So you've gone through the entire high school experience, more or less, yeah. under those circumstances, with your family. Yeah. Okay, so there's three years. So this is junior, senior year. You know what's amazing I found? When I moved out of my parents' house, my grades went up. That's not amazing. It's, it, you're in a stressful environment. It affects everything. You're just But no, like, most people think that, like, living at home, you know, your grades would be great, no, and then you'd go somewhere, no. and then your grades would go down because you're on your own. No, and you're but it's the circumstances. The circumstances. <laughs> if, 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 there's, if there's bad people, if there's bad people, outside of the house when you're living independently, then it's gonna affect what you do and uh, the things that you care about. If you're if you're in a good if you're in a home that's like that's nurturing. crazy oh. and you're in a home that's crazy then that's gonna affect you greatly. If you go to the, first of all you go to a place that one you've been pining to go to. You, you you get yourself you not only you not only it's not like somebody came and said we're taking you out of this situation like a foster or something. Yeah. You you were empowering yourself enough to go, that's all you got? I have more. If you tell him to do, that's all he got. There's a thing. There's a supposition there that I have more. Yeah. I am beyond this chair and whatever can happen to it. Even if I get hit, I will rise up and I will still continue and go on. So now you get out of there. I love the way you said. You. Oh, I'm a great writer. You get out of there and a good basketball player. You get out of there and you, you literally take yourself to the position where you want to be. So why would I not be empowering? And it's probably blissful. Yeah, not just I actually academic. It was time. blissful for I, those first I remember. Couples. I remember it was quite great. It was so easy. <laughs> it was so it's easy. Yeah, but just come home. You were living your dream. Not be drama filled. You were living your dream. Yeah. So, so that happens, and... And then I came back. 
So you're you're you still got what a year left of school? Yeah. So a year and a half. This is, you still have a half a year of school to go after all this drama. Yeah. So now you're back in North Carolina, obviously not going to the parents' house. Yeah. You just mentioned, okay, I met a girlfriend and go to Georgia. So what what happened there? Okay, so a girl. Um, I'm always the responsible one of my friends, which is so crazy because my parents always thought that it was the irresponsible. Like it was such a weird like like my like life structure. The girl that came to pick me up. She was a little bit of a hoe, like, you know, like, <laughs> and I was, like, abstinent, like, I was, like, like a virgin, and my dad was, like, you know, watch out, you don't want to be friends with my daughter, like, my parents, oh, wait a second, like, did, you, did you just call her, we're not going to say, hey, hey, did you just hey, call no. her out? No, I didn't. And I also want to say, because we, we've talked. But let, let's say, let's put it, like, factual. She was afraid that she was pregnant every year of high school. Okay, so she was a hoe. So she yeah. had a friend who was having an issue with her stepdad. So she lived here with her mom and her stepdad in North Carolina and she was having problems and her dad and her stepmom lived in Georgia. And so my solution was like, let's go down there, whatever. And so I took more money out of one of those traveler's checks that I had. Because when I left North Carolina, I put all of my money into traveler's checks. Let's say four or five hundred dollar traveler's checks. So like like I said, I broke a traveler's check. I take like I would break down money. Like it's like a hundred dollar bill. I need to break it because I need to spend like ten dollars or something. Instead, I'm spending a couple hundred dollars. So I I did that for her and I. I was like to me it didn't matter. I didn't care whether I was in North Carolina or Georgia as long as I could go to school. I was like as long as I can go to school. I said do they have schools there? This is like so like this is how silly I am. She was like, this is you would do that? And I'm like, do they have schools there? She's like, yeah. Uh, high schools? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> That's literally so who is organizing? Well, then now the your permanent record has to be transferred. Isn't that a conversation parents have to have? Remember, my parents weren't involved. I was getting my report card signed by a principal. I had decided to move, so we had already gotten my transcript so I could take it with me to Texas. But instead of enrolling in Texas, I just left. So I had my transcripts. And so when you show up to the school in Georgia, like, remember, I am a teenager. So I am a teenager moving like teenager speed. Like we want to go somewhere. OK, let's go. Like, but I'm still imagining when you show up to the school in Georgia, that a so-called parent hasn't, doesn't have to show up with you or a so, guardian. Um, when I got to Georgia, I got us a hotel room. Like my crazy thinking. Um, I wanted us to get an apartment, but there's rules against that in Georgia. You have to be over 18, and I was like 17. And I was like, I could have graduated by now. I'd be a graduate. So you were moving upset. down there with a family member of hers? No, I just went with her. We were going to get an apartment together and live there near her That's father. That's the starting of a very yes. bad story. Yes, it was. A very um, bad so her movie that could happen. Stepmother came in there like a desperado, like she like super gung-ho. And she's like, no daughter of mine is gonna live in a hotel, like, you know. And she grabbed her daughter and she grabbed me too. And she's like, both of you, come into my house. So we both went to her house. So staying there. Um, and then she put us both into school. So she came into the school mm -hmm. with us, put us both into school, um, which is what I wanted. That's all I wanted, I wanted to go to school. But at some point, she was like, this girl ain't got nothing to do with me. And so she dropped my, me.
Making the choice to leave your family in North Carolina and now being seemingly abandoned by your new family or your new group of people in Georgia. A lot can happen in the senior year in high school and a lot does with my friend Den Den. She'll be back next time to talk more, to talk about that senior year, moving to Florida, back to North Carolina, going to college, doing improv, acting. There's a lot in her life to share and she'll share it more in part two and part three of my interview with her. Come on back, Ubuntu Radio.